The companies that say happy pride are the same companies that contribute to politicians who would prefer not to say that. This is the Focus Group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook Live, uh, the video version of our show at 1 p.m. on 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. The audio portion drops on Saturdays. And of course, there's also TFG Unbuttoned, our 20-minute podcast that drops on Tuesdays. And if there's any confusion focusgroupradio.com will clear it up and it will also let you know that deep discount is a partner of ours here they've been a partner of ours for a while we're going to talk about them later in the broadcast and to let you know how things go we have a caught our eye we have a deep discount moment we have a quick break a business birthday the only show in the universe that does that and then as i teased at the top of the show we're going to be talking about um pride and the companies that support our community but also support the politicians and institutions who would not prefer to support our community. So that's in our shop talk segment and that will be later in the broadcast. So Tim, I'll kick it off with the leprechaun. He only comes out in June. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. That 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 that's kind of these yeah, these companies in shop talk. That's the problem now with uh, with Pride, isn't it? That uh everyone's rubbing their ass all over the rainbow. You know, uh I subscribe to Paramount Plus, which is a you know, a streaming service. And one big reason why is because of Star Trek. And I went to the Apple TV of the day and I was scrolling to get to Paramount Plus and I was shocked to see that they updated their logo. And in the, you know, there's Paramount normally has a circle of stars and there's a mountain, there's, you know, rainbow. They took the rainbow colors and put that in the circle of stars. And I, I, I smiled and I thought, well, that's, that's great. Happy pride. <laughs> but everybody seems to do it, right? Happy pride. I know the mayor here in uh, in Rehoboth, in the Rehoboth Beach. He did a proclamation for Pride Month, and he felt he had an interesting um, take on it. So he read the proclamation and he said, "You know, we do this every year." And he said, "We all, I almost feel like we just need to do a proclamation that recognizes June as Pride Month all the time." He said, "But I think it's important that we say it every year." And so, um, which I thought was a good point. You know, he he said, "You know, we could just make this." you know, in perpetuity that June will be Pride Month, which we all know it is. He said, but I also think it's important that I publicly read this declaration each month or each each year in June. So I think I, that's I thought, cool. Yeah, I thought that was um I thought that was smart. I, I was uh I was uh, glad he did it. So it was uh so here we are and so you know the president was here last weekend. <laughs> yes he, he did you hear about the did, did you hear <laughs> did you hear about the uh did you hear about the breach of airspace? No, no. So it was Jill's birthday. So they're down here for her birthday. They come down for her birthday. They live about, uh, I don't know, as a crow flies, you've been there. We've been by their house. Maybe it's a little less than a mile. And it was her birthday. And so the motorcade usually, it's a very small little Mayberry Street, as you know. And the motorcade might get up to 20 miles per hour or something. I mean, it goes pretty slow. And Saturday morning, we were out front um, doing some work and heard this fighter jet go up go by and then this commotion like you can't believe and this motorcade on this little road they had not closed any of the streets kids are out bikes whatever i would no lie john was probably going was probably going 70 miles an hour 
70 down your little Maybury. And that little street. And I, so Richard looked at me and said, oh, he must have forgot a card for Jill's birthday. Let's <laughs> go to the CVS. <laughs> and then she gets Stouffer's chocolates, right? But it wasn't until we found out later that there was a little Cessna plane. Some guy that didn't have his instruments on decided to cruise into the airspace. And they dispatched these fighter jets and got he and Jill and the family out to the fire department and uh, put him in the fire hall. Really? Yeah. It was funny. But it, we knew something was up only because you don't usually see a little, you know, two F-15s fly over and then a motorcade at 70 miles an hour with all those cars in it. They, they, they even left the press behind. They just got them out of there. And, and the little dog, their, their dog, their St. Bernard or our, their German Shepherd. Every time if you say it that way, I think of the uh, Wizard of Oz. A little dog, too. And a little dog, too. Well, they went by earlier. Spike was taking a dump. When they were going by. So I thought maybe Biden looked down and saw a little spike. He had taken, taken care of business out front. But uh, yes, that was the you big excitement down here. You got the Cessna pilot, right? Well, they said he'd be spoken to. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I should send you the picture because there's actually this picture of these two fighter jets. He said they escorted the plane out of the airspace. But it's like this little dot. You know, you see this little Cessna. And then these two. F-14s. <laughs> I mean, how do you? How do you get escorted out of something like that? I don't know. I think you just kind of move them along. And you know those little planes. There, it's it, he was probably flying by line of sight, looking yeah. at the coast. Well, like all these beach communities, right? They all have the little, and a lot of these little planes have those old banners behind them that says, yep. you know, be sure to get your you know five dollar beers at uh, you know at, at the X Y Z bar or whatever the specials are on the beach. And uh, where to buy games things. of chance right. behind games you come on the to Funland, right? You know, kids under three free. <laughs> so usually pulling a banner or something. So I thought maybe it was one of those planes, but they 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 weren't allowed to fly while he was here. So I guess that's why it was uh, was an odd thing. But they were on it, so I was I was a little little surprised how. Well, that that's the it. bit of excitement for you for the as long as he's in the White House and for for afterwards too. That's the bit of excitement for you is that he's not far away. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's kind of fun. I like watching the motor go by because I can never pick out. You know, they never talk about this. So even when you and I had seen it in New York City, and and you guys see this more with all the dignitaries in New York, but the president, there's two exact limos, and they're always kind of going back and forth, and you never know which one he's in of the beast. They never really talk about the fact that there's two. Like there's two Air Force Ones. That's correct. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with. So he has these old SUVs. Now they say they have to replace them. They're from the Clinton era. That's how old they are, but they're armored and they're these big like Chevy Suburbans, but it's the same thing. And it, they're, they're both identically populated with people that could look like the president and first lady. And so, and they're, you know, they kind of do the back and forth, back and forth. So you, you're, you're confused as to where you never really know which one they're in unless, uh, so it's a decoy. Yeah. There's always a decoy with them and you never know dressed, dressed the same sitting mm-hmm. in there. Like it could be the president. And that's a job. I wouldn't mind. If someone ever gets elected is. who looks like me, I could be the decoy, right? There were a couple jobs today I heard about that might be good. Maybe that could be one. There was a water. Marianne, our friend Marianne sent us one. There's a water sommelier. Imagine that. I've, I've vaguely heard of this, and I've always made the face I just made, like, water is water, right? Well, I went to a water tasting in Arizona, and I, I'm going to forget the name of the resort, but they, that was what they were going to, they were going to offer a water tasting. Now people go for vacation, you might want a wine tasting or something, but they're offering this water tasting. And I, the comrade and I thought it was so ridiculous, we had to try it. And uh, lo and behold, it actually was, they, they had different types of bottled water. So they had food, uh, 
Fiji Water. Fiji. Yeah. They had Dasani, they had Evian, uh, Perrier, you know, blah, 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 down the line. And you really could tell. I've always felt Evian's got a little bit of a slimy, greasy feel, like it's kind of slippery. But we did pick, um, we all picked the Fiji Water as the best. And they had said that that one always scores highest. And when you actually do line up four or five glasses of water all at the same temperature and you taste them, you can't taste the difference, which was shocking to me. <laughs> a water tasting. Water okay. tasting. This could be a new gig for you because you like water. I love water. I'm like my mom. I, my mom will like, do you want anything? My mom's like, I, I just want water. And you know, honey, the water at our house is the best water ever. Oh, it is? Just so you know. The my well water? got the best, yeah, best water in the world. It's that artesian <laughs> well. Honey, it bubbles up. It just fills the tank. <laughs> Did you ever run out of water in the summer when it was hot? No, never. You were lucky. You, so you didn't have town water then? You just had a no, well. No, no, no. We had, we had a well. And, it, and she's not lying. When they tapped the well. You were lucky. Uh, they, we ran out of water. It, it was, they would, it was an underground spring or something. So We used to run out of water quite a bit. We had to be very careful with water. And, um, and if it was very hot. Where the wells were. we were water for days. Middlebury had more. Middlebury had more water than because you were close to Waterbury. Maybe you had you had more water than we did. Southbury was tough with water. Those big mansions with no wells. And just remember, you could come to my house and have the best water in the world. Next time you go up, I want you to get a jug. (laughs) Actually, it's funny you bring this water thing up. On my bike rides upstate, one time I was with friends and we went by this part of the like this we were going down a hill and there are all these cars parked by this little brook and i said to my friend heather what's going on oh they're coming to fill up their their water jugs there's a yeah. there's a spring here and there was this like a pipe thing that came out of the ground and it was just gushing water and, it's, and it was it was literally the, like the well i just described when my, that we had in our house like it was so naturally bubbled up I fill my water bottle with it we start and it was cold we start riding our bikes again i said you know this water yeah, yeah, it's the best in the county. You got to come fill your jugs up. Yeah. So yeah, water has a, I guess water sommelier or water connoisseurs has a kind of a Listen, history, right? could be a new gig. <laughs> well, on that note. What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. So in honor of Pride and the, and the Leprechaun, um, I'm trying to happy pick- Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Trying to pick stories uh, all, all month long that uh, relate, to, uh, relate to Pride. And there's certainly a lot of them. And, uh, for Indeed. Instance, yes. So, you know, the question is, are you two bottoms kind of guy or two tops kind of guy? And this is the question being asked by Burger King with their new pride Whopper. So they've got a Burger King pride Whopper that comes with either two tops or two bottoms. Now in the restaurant industry, it's called a crown and a heel, but it, they're really, really, I just, I just thought it was the top of the bun and the bottom of the bun, right? Yeah, well, that, they're doing tops and bottoms, but apparently it's the crown and the heel. And uh, but so if you're watching along on our video, uh, you'll see the picture John has posted of the uh, the Whopper with either the two tops or the two bottoms. And uh, so this is Welcome to Pride Month 2022. They finally we finally have same sex cheeseburgers. Somebody wrote this. <laughs> oh but my the, God! Just I'm so needed. glad you brought this up because I was wondering when are we going to have yeah. a same sex? When are we going to have right? same sex cheeseburgers? It wasn't until 2022. Thank you to Burger King, but Burger King Austria, which is even more intriguing. So they released this Pride ad uh, this week, and it shows the new Pride Whoppers. And uh, they said it's the first time ever that they've used same sex buns. <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't even read this. And uh, 
there, you can ask whether you get your Whopper, whether you either want uh, two top buns or two bottom buns. And uh, they said they they provide these two matching buns for equal love and equal rights. And so somebody tried to translate. Someone said they thought this was a joke, but they actually tried to translate the German, uh, the German that was written on the wrapper. And it, it loosely, with the English translation, was with two equal buns for equal love and equal rights. We set an example for the equality of all identities and sexual orientations. A little twist meant to put a smile on your face, on our faces, and remind us to treat each other with respect and peace, no matter who you are and who you love. So then this, uh, this writer of the piece then asked whether um, they were, the buns were lesbian or not. He wanted to know <laughs> if they were doing anything for the lesbians versus top or bottom. And then he said, are the two bottom ones gay men? Are the top ones lesbians? What about a fish sandwich? You know, could that have been for the bisexuals or the trans people? They didn't quite know. They didn't go that far. They're just doing these two buns with the top and the bottom. So they said that uh, Burger King has always done some unexpected support to the LGBTQ community. In the U.S., they have a pride Whopper, but it's just simply a Whopper wrapped in a rainbow wrapper. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. says, we are all the same inside. Uh, two years ago, they said Mexico's version celebrated Pride Month by changing their logo to Burger Queer. <laughs> Seriously? Now, I, w- I think it would have been better to do Burger Queen. But isn't, isn't there totally a restaurant agree. train called totally Burger agree. Queen? Yeah, instead yeah. of King, Burger Queen. Uh, they also did a, 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 a in 2019, uh, Burger King also did a European bear couple that was married with a Whopper diamond. I didn't quite understand what that was. And then they, there was a follow-up with a Super Bowl ad with Andy Warhol. Uh, that was a shout out. I don't remember that Super Bowl. Neither ad, do, do I. No. And, uh, then, then they said in 2014, the San Francisco Burger Kings sold Whoppers with rainbow wrappers that said, we are all the same inside as well. So they say, if you're lucky enough to be in Austria, you can get your pride Whopper at any Burger King available until June 20th. So head over. It's the to kind King. of uh, memento that doesn't last too long. You got to eat it, right? Yeah. I, you know, it's a, it's a gimmick. So they, they didn't really have to do too much. It's a fun. I, I think your gimmick was actually smarter and would definitely make people laugh, the Burger Queen thing. But I could Burger see Queen. how internally they would sit around and say, well, can we say that? Can we do that? Are we including everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. there you go. So what, what, what caught your eye? What caught my eye? Uh, I got a note from friend of the focus group, Uh-oh. Rich Kiamko. Do you remember Rich? Oh, yeah. Comedian? Uh, he's going to be profiled in a, a special, and the headline reads, Gay New York City comedian Rich Camco shares struggles on stage. So he's going to be focused. He's one of the people that they're, they're profiling in a show called Our America, Who I'm Meant to Be on local ABC stations. Also, you can stream it on Fire TV, Android TV, Apple TV, and Roku as well. Uh, so the, I'll read there. It's a short article. I'll read it. The first time comedian Rich Cam co-stood on stage and tried to make a crowd of people laugh, they ran him off the stage. <laughs> he said, I have a traumatic memory. He was just a teenager. It took him 20 years to return and make a career out of comedy. The first paid gig I had back in the day, the guy said, get off the, get off the stage, you F word. And the whole room started chanting it. The word they were chanting, a derogatory word for being gay. So they were probably saying the word faggot. Um... There's a freedom in laughter, said Kiamko. We can take something really painful and flip it and transform it. He's an openly gay Filipino comedian who lives in New York City. He's been on our show a couple of times back when we were on Sirius XM. Great guy. 
Um, I have not seen him do stand up, although he has been he for a while there. Before, well, before pandemic, he was doing a lot of stand up. He uses his life experiences as part of his comedy act as he regularly performs across the city. Everything I've joked about was probably really painful when it first happened, but being able to laugh is like turning it around. That's the payoff. Uh, Kiamko has made jokes about coming out to his Catholic Filipino parents, about being mistaken for a Chinese food delivery person when showing up for gigs. Can you imagine? Even oh about his partner who passed away from COVID, sadly. When Sandy passed away from COVID, two days after I buried him, I was doing jokes about it. He said, I was really, it was really dark, but I needed to do it for me so I could feel alive and to dishonor him, not to dishonor him, but to meet, to, not to let him, not to let COVID win. So you might want to check that out. It's, as I said again, it's uh, Our America, Who I'm Meant to Be on your local ABC station or Fire TV, Android TV, Apple TV, and Roku. But look for Our America, Who I Am Meant to Be, and you'll see friend of the focus group, Rich Kiamko, profiled there. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. I, I, he's uh, obviously he's on social media, and I did see where he lost his partner to COVID, which was yes. horrifyingly sad. And uh, obviously, it affected him him quite a bit. He was always very. Um, I'm surprised he would have been rattled on stage because he, when he was with us, he was he was pretty on the ball. Oh yeah, you know what well, I mean. This is his early like rattled on stage. I believe was his early right. his first times on teenager years. Right. You know, it reminds me of a little bit as well of um, of Judy Gold in that yes. a lot of their a lot of what informed them and a lot of the humor. They would talk about growing up and Judy being her her kind of Yenta Jewish mom and and Rich about the, the his Filipino experience and in, in, in the U.S. and I know Judy's mentioned and I'm sure Rich does as well is that that, that humor now sometimes is difficult for them to mm-hmm. to use on stage because people have become I'll use the word no one wants to talk about woke right so you're not oh you shouldn't say that you're not allowed to say that. And uh, so I'll be curious to see how he how he addresses it. So I'll definitely tune into that. You know, and Tim, that's a fascinating point because so much of, in my opinion, and I would, you'd, we'd have to have Rich on to talk about this because it, it, we actually should in the future because I would love to know how you go about constructing a new set of material when for years part of the material was your ability to kind of play with yourself or your background right. and have fun with it on some levels, but also use it as a teaching moment. Is that what you're getting at? Like you can't say certain things anymore? Well, or, or people aren't allowed to, to laugh. I mean, Seinfeld's talked about it. Correct. Um, yeah. Well, Lisa Lampanelli, her, her brand of humor, she stopped doing it. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's difficult for any sort of comedian because a lot of what people laugh at are stereotypes, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, it's true. No matter, no matter what, who the person is or where they yeah, came or from, what, or there was, the, there was uh, every, every, cetera, right, yeah. every nationality, ethnicity, men, women, young, old, there was a stereotype associated with it. And, um, it's made it very difficult for comedians because they're not allowed to share that in some ways without being, being well, they're not uh, allowed to utilize the stereotype yeah. the way yeah. I mean, we acknowledge done. that it exists. We know that these things are real, but they can't use it on their on their stage act or they can't make people laugh with it because it's right. yeah so correct. you know margaret cho was like that i mean some of her stories were hilarious yeah. what, what, especially what, about her parents yeah yeah so but well that's good i'm glad uh i'm glad he's doing that i'll have to you, did you say it was on amazon prime or was you just it was apple uh, tv and Roku? On apple fire tv android yeah and, and your local abc affiliate should have it as well if it's on their streaming platform yeah okay i'll have to pull that up so as uh, many of you know, 
Deep Discount is a partner of here of ours here on the Focus Group, and we would like for you to go to our site, focusgroupradio.com, and to click on the Deep Discount logo and begin your shopping experience. And we'd like you to go through the site, focusgroupradio.com, because we do get some credit for that, and we like that. It is site-wide sale in June. Happy Pride indeed. <laughs> you know I'm going to work that in, the leprechaun. Um, Site-wide sale is a great month to pick up titles that you may have wanted to wait on. There's some great discounts, and they have an incredible library. So without further ado, I'm going to say, let's take see what Tim picked. So because it's a site-wide sale, I decided to go to an area that doesn't, I don't think it gets a lot of clicks, but for me it does, which is documentaries. And I found one called The Ultimate Guide to the Presidents. And it was released in 2013, so it only goes up as far as uh, President Obama. Which, quite frankly, you could stop there. <laughs> the minute you said that, I thought you might have a little zinger in there. Good one. But it's an eight-hour-long uh, miniseries, and I've not seen it, nor have I ever heard about it. So as I said, it came out in 2013, six hours long. You can get it for $11.45. It's three discs. And essentially, it goes from Washington up through President Obama, every single president, and talks about um, the separation of powers and all of the things that encountered each president along their way and what the biggest struggles were in their office while they were uh, in the Oval Office, all, all the 43 presidents. Wow. And, you know, other than Lincoln and, you know, you know about Lincoln or Adams or you'll know about Kennedy FDR, or Roosevelt, yeah. there's so many others we don't know much about at all. And I would be hard pressed to tell you what the, you know, struggle would be with the Wilson administration. Or what the crisis point was, yeah. Right. And so this goes through all of that of, of how they, how the different, um, and it's been all men, but how they handled the uh, office, how they handled the other uh, branches of government, whether it was judicial, legislative, and then how they actually um, were able to get through and, and, um, and govern the country under very different times. So I, to me, I thought it would be a great history lesson. Well, uh, and you for like, someone who's you, a history you like, buff. You like presidential politics as well and, yeah. and history, more importantly, history. Yeah. So this this so this covers the challenges of the time. And I thought it would be a good primer to just know what may have been the challenge of the time from a particular era that uh we don't get taught in school anymore. I always felt in American history we never got beyond the revolution. Oh my God, you're so right about that. Yeah. You know, we would talk revolution, talk revolution, you touch on civil war. And then it all kind of fizzled out. It was May, June, and getting ready to leave for the <laughs> well, summer. And then the next thing you'd hear about was the Great Depression, which yeah. leaves a lot of years out, right? Yeah. So I, I thought this was an interesting, this would be an interesting class, I think, to teach, I some, to teach in either school or teach in a college, an early history college class of all the presidents. But uh, So that's what I picked. How about you? Well, um, I picked something uh, that I consider to be an historical document, not on the level of this. And you'll know what I mean when I click on this. But I, I want to recommend people pick up the movie Paris is Burning. Oh. Um, it's available from the Criterion Collection, which is an important thing to me because um, Criterion does a beautiful job with restoring the film and providing a lot of audio commentary and director's uh, feedback. But the reason I'm recommending this is I recently saw this and I saw the Criterion version of it. And... It blew me away. It took me back to a time period which really wasn't that long ago. We're talking about the 90s, right? Um, and, it, and it brought back this whole sense of the city was different, being gay was different, AIDS was prevalent, HIV AIDS. 
Um, you know, and when you read the description, it's where does voguing come from and what exactly is throwing shade? This landmark documentary provides a vibrant snapshot of the 80s, the late 80s, through the eyes of New York City's African-American and Latinx Harlem drag ball scene. Made over seven years, I didn't realize it was a seven-year production, Paris is Burning offers an intimate portrait of rival fashion houses from fierce contests to trophies to house mothers, offering sustenance in a world rampant with homophobia, transphobia, racism, AIDS, and poverty. And a lot of these names went on, like Willie Ninja, for example, went on to work with Madonna, I believe, um, Pepper La Beja, Dorian Corey, Venus Extravaganza. So this is, for me, this is an interesting way of celebrating pride, is to, to watch a movie like this, because there's so much more going on in the background. I mean, there's these, these drag balls they do, which are really elaborate, but there's the lives these people lead. Many of them, some of the the participants live on the street, which is not uncommon for um, for gay youth to be homeless. So I think, you know, you do yourself a, a favor by getting Paris is Burning on the Criterion Collection out of deep discount, because as I said, Criterion does a great job. When was the last time you saw Paris is Burning, Tim? Oh God, quite a, quite a long time ago. It, it's revelatory. Bob and I, we were glued to the TV. It's like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe. It's not a hugely long, and in some ways it, I view it as a documentary. Um, well, you know, it, it just—it's powerful, yeah, and, and it, you'll see where movie the show Pose came from directly comes from this kind of you know Paris right. is burning thing. So, well, Paris I wanted, is burning. yeah, I wanted to say, um, and I'm glad you picked this because a lot of people criticize Madonna for her song Vogue, which came out of this, right? Yeah, came, the Paris is burning, and and um, and Pose certainly um, shines a light on the the voguing culture, and. Uh, in these houses of New York. And as much as people would, as much as people were critical of Madonna about it, I also thought Madonna did a good thing by bringing it into the mainstream, elevating so. it, yeah. right? Elevating it. And so for all the criticism Madonna got for co-oping this and making money off the, the song. And I think it's still her number one song of all time, Vogue. Uh, wow. I, I, I believe I, it. Right. You know, I still think though, and it sounds, you know, what is it? 30 years old now? It still sounds, Still sounds contemporary. It's kind of like um, um, you. You know, one of my favorite albums is uh, "Waltz Darling" by Malcolm McLaren. Yeah, you know the, yeah, same I, sort of you, thing. They, she was exactly. criti- I, She was I criticized there that she stole some some riffs from him. Uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah, there as well. But it's a, that's a good choice. That's a good pick. So this this is in line with uh, camp, camp focus group. You know, when Tim and I hit June, I, I said earlier in the month or last month actually, I said we were going to try to profile movies that are still available. Deep Discount has a lot of stuff, but not every studio has these LGBTQ titles at the ready or, or they're not in common release, but this is. So pick up Paris is Burning. Uh, we have two new releases this week, actually, and I think they're fantastic. The first one, um, they're both 4K, um, 4K Blu-ray digital uh, releases, and they're cleaned up and they're put in something called Steelbox or Steelbook releases. The first is Bridge on the River Kwai, or Quay, Quay, 65th anniversary uh, edition. David Lean is the director. He won Best uh, Picture Oscar. Wartime Adventure stars Alec Guinness. Fantastic role for him as a British officer who's captive in a Japanese POW camp and charged by his captors with overseeing the prisoner's construction of a railroad bridge. But escaped American sailor Commander Shears, played by William Holden, another great role, returns intent on destroying it. Um, So this movie... Uh, about 162 minutes long, fantastic cleanup job they did on it. 
That's the first new release, Bridge on the River Kwai. Tim, would you say Kwai or Kwai? It's Kwai. Kwai. <laughs> Bob always corrects me, Bridge on the River Kwai. This one I cannot mistake. Uh, the next one is one of my mom's absolute favorite films of all time, and that would be Lawrence of Arabia. And that's also a 60th anniversary 4K Steelbook edition, meaning it's 4K Blu-ray digital copy, totally cleaned up, beautiful new soundtrack and print. Another David Lean film, epic biography of British Army officer T.E. Lawrence, who helped unite and lead Arab rebels in their fight against Ottoman Turks during World War I. Seven Academy Awards were won, including Best Picture and Director Peter O'Toole made a lasting impression as the enigmatic Lawrence. It also co-stars Alec Guinness, Omar Sharif, Anthony Quinn, Jack Hawkins, Jose Ferrer, and Claude Rains. I love wow. Claude Rains. So that's one of your mom's uh, favorites, huh? <laughs> oh, this is one of my mom's favorites. And she could have a glass of our wonderful water Stop. while she watches Lawrence of Arabia, right? So like, I, my life is perfect when I can have water slice. from my well and I can watch Lawrence of Arabia, right? Oh my gosh. That, that... <laughs> You know, I learned something every time with you. I didn't know the water was so great there. All the years I'd gone, yeah. All the years I'd gone up to your house in Middlebury, we could have water. Didn't have it. That's uh, I I've not seen. Gosh, I it's been years since I've seen this movie as well. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. So it'll be. uh, I'm glad that uh, these are new releases. So hey, it's the um, the huge site wide sale. There's tens of thousands of titles in all categories, and uh, I picked the ultimate guide to the presidents. John had picked. Paris is Burning as part of our camp focus group recommendations. And the new releases this week are The um, the Bridge on the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia. So head over to focusgroupradio.com, click on the deep discount logo, and start shopping away. Get those movies to add it to your collection and those documentaries. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have our business birthday, and then we got a little shop talk. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now back to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to The Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is the URL for our website, and you can go there and learn all about us and all our media is there, including our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned, and, of course, the show you're watching now. Uh, Big thanks again to Deep Discount for being a partner of ours. We just had a great segment with some cool movies that you can get at Deep Discount. Tim, I saw when we were on break in your little window, you were blowing your nose. I don't know if you have this issue. We got to the house on Friday, and everything on our back porch was coated. I mean, like it took a number of Swiffers with that yellow yeah. pine tree poly. You know what I'm talking about? The shirt shirt's green. So that's Oprah's favorite color, <laughs> supposedly. Seriously? Allegedly. Yeah, they did a crayon color of that for her. Of so what? Of, of that a pine tree pollen? That, that green, yeah. She loved that yeah. green. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, I, had a, I woke up with a horrible headache. My eyes were stuck together. So I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming, first I thought it was COVID. And then of course no. it's, uh, I think it's my allergies. So when we were driving up on Friday afternoon, the sun was at a certain angle and we came up over this hill and Bob said, oh, look, you can see the pollen in the air. Oh. And I thought <laughs> that he was joking. I thought there was a fire or a barbecue or something, but as the wind blew, you could tell that this, you could see it. I mean, uh, into the wow. valley, we, you could see the pollen just blowing in the air. I'm like, oh my God. 
the other day, the next day I went on a bike ride, I came back and at, at the end of the day, my throat was really sore and I was coughing. It was very dry. I said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I, Bob goes, don't, don't even worry about it. He goes, did you see what we were driving through? You know that. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh yeah, it's pollen. <laughs> you look up hypochondriac. You gotta have some of your mom's water up there. Parts your throat. I need to start boarding my, the, the, yeah, the, the artesian well water. You know, we have the, I have she to get a name for it. I have to come up with the name of it. Carol's she water. She even says that at restaurants to waiters and, you know, would you like more water? You know, we have the best water. Stop. You she can give me not. water, but she we does have the not. best water. She yeah, does she not. does. Yeah. Well, you know, she, she, she's <laughs> one of those people who will show a picture to a clerk saying, would you like to see a picture of my beautiful husband? Or here's a, this is my son. Isn't he handsome? You know, that, that kind of thing. Would you like a taste of water? It's the best water in Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Without further well, ado. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No, it does not. <laughs> Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. So um celebrating today, June eighth, nineteen forty seven, he's seventy five. Happy seventy fifth to Michael Citrick. I had no idea who he was. Well, May I? You included a picture of the Hollywood sign for a reason, right? Yeah. Do you know him? Did you know the name? No, no. So I'm curious. So this was one of these obscure birthdays that was buried in amongst the, what I would call the famous, but I was intrigued because I didn't know the name. And if you can make it onto this list of birthdays, I thought, well, I might as well check and see who he is. So he was a journalism student at the University of Maryland, and he moved into PR after graduation. He worked for the Baltimore News American. He told his wife, I love journalism, but I'd rather eat. So he and his wife uh, moved out to Los Angeles, and uh, he started a firm in 1989 called the Citrus Cor- or Citric Corporation, or companies. And uh, so his specialty was, he was known as Mr. Fix-It, or the Fixer, or the Spin Doctor, or the Spin Meister, or the Red Adair of PR firms. And uh, he said it's, it's easy. He, he, he thought to himself that as much as he liked writing, that it was easier to teach journalists PR than to teach publicists how to write. So he uh, started this uh, Citric and Company and quickly acquired a reputation for pushing back against the press. And he used a lot of these strategies um, with journalists to try to help out the famous, hence the Hollywood sign. Ah, okay. okay. So, he, so he built his career on helping the rich and powerful deflect damaging headlines, known as the fixer. And as I said, he also authored two books. One was called "The Secrets to Save Your Reputation in the Age of Viral Media," and how to turn the power of the press to your advantage. So he's often hired by legal teams, and he said one advantage of being retained by lawyers for a client rather than them hire him directly is he's then technically a member of the legal team. <laughs> and therefore, he's protected by attorney-client privilege. And though he's not a lawyer, he certainly views himself as a litigator in the court of public opinion, and he charges heavily for his services. He uh, used to represent Harvey Weinstein, mm. and uh, they got into a, a tiff about a bill. He said this was before he even got involved with his uh, harassment claims, that uh, they parted ways, and he dropped him as a client. And people thought he dropped him because of what's going on currently with Weinstein, but uh, not the case. So they, um, so they, what, the, what they've done, I'll go, I'll go through the list of people he's represented in the scandals that, uh, that were all pretty, um, pretty well known. He, uh, let's see, the other, oh, the other thing before I give you the names of the people he's helped, 
I've seen another company do this, uh, a bank company in the New York, um, Philadelphia area. He believed spending money on PR or he advocated spending money on PR was far more effective than doing a marketing campaign because he felt he could certainly change the, uh, he can move public opinion and or change policy with good PR versus trying to spend millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but uh, I think in some cases a good PR strategy is helpful. He represented Kelsey Grammer when he was accused of having sex with his underage babysitter. He helped Christian Slater when he was arrested on charges of assaulting his girlfriend, uh, biting a man, and then tried to stop him uh, from grabbing a police officer's gun. He helped Axel Rose in a paternity suit and also a battery case. He was retained by Halle Berry when she was in a hit and run. Naomi Campbell when she was accused of assaulting a housekeeper. Rush Limbaugh when he was arrested on prescription drugs. Paris Hilton for charged with smoking pot. Um, he said he got away with it by saying she was charged with smoking pot on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. He said to uh, the papers, she absolutely did not smoke pot on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. So who knows when she did? He didn't say she didn't. He just said she didn't do it then from when she was charged. Uh, he fought the New York Daily News when they reported that Kobe Bryant was flirting with somebody at a concert, a uh, Jay-Z concert, other than his wife. He, uh, let's see, Chris Brown, Michael Vick, the dogfighting incident, Alex Rodriguez with the steroid scandal, R. Kelly, where do you begin? Uh, he represented the Catholic Church uh, for the Los Angeles sex scandal, also the Kabbalah Center when they were um, suspected of being a cult, the Church of Scientology, uh, Exxon Mobil, Enron, you name it. Uh, he must have a ton of money because <laughs> when you think about all these people he, re he represented, he helped Roy Disney oust Michael Eisner. Uh, he helped American Apparel oust some senior executives, and it goes on. And on and on. That last one about um, Disney and, and ousting Eisner. Yep. I mean, you know that after Eisner left, um, that's when uh, Disney aligned with Pixar. Right. And I mean, th so this guy's like a fixer. Yeah, he's a fixer. He's got a large painting hanging over his desk, which depicts dozens or so people gathered around a barricade outside the O.J. Simpson trial. Wow. And he said, the painting's not a memento. He said, um, O.J. Simpson was one of the few potential clients that he publicly acknowledged turning down. He only turned down two clients in his life, O.J. Simpson and Michael Jackson. Really? Now, when you go through the list of everyone else, right? I mean, it's like, well, what's the criteria? What's the criteria? He said, as his final thought was, I think people are going to realize that they're going to be held accountable for their actions in a way that they weren't before when he was talked about what the future is for, uh, for PR and with social media and whatever. So How long was, ago do you think he said that? He said it uh, two years ago. He said, I think people are, people are going to realize that they are going to be held accountable for their actions in a way that they weren't before. Mm -hmm. And he said, because, well, you've said it. You put something out there and it's there. It's there, yeah. Whether you think you deleted it, somebody may have copied it, somebody may still have it. I mean, Screen we know somebody it, who's, out, yeah. right, who's out there doing work um <laughs> that's gonna be there forever right i love the way you did that work you might say you don't want to do it anymore but it's there now so it's there yeah. yes you're going to be held accountable for your actions in a way that you weren't before so happy birthday to uh, michael citrick that's 75. a good one 
he's he's like a preeminent fixer, fixer. man. And I got to tell you, the money he made from from Disney ousting Eisner in favor of Bob Iger, who was overseeing yeah. Disney, told the recent Bob Chapek. Under Iger, I mean, the company just stock went up through the roof the whole bit. So it's a fascinating. Okay, this I like the guy. Well, well, he's the guy you call if you need things fixed. Now he charges. They said he charges, you know, well over a thousand dollars an hour or something. I, I thought that was a little low, probably. But no, uh, not really, Tim. You think no. about it. You you could you could be like he could be. So sixty hours, you got to fix this for me. Sixty thousand bucks. To, uh-huh. to tell them, tell them yeah. I'm not really. Tell them I didn't really beat up my wife. Yeah, one week of his like a forty-hour work week for him is a forty thousand dollar bill for you. That's that's not cheap. No, well, maybe we should go to PR. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We keep oh, yeah. we keep saying we're in the long run line of work. <laughs> hey, at the uh, <laughs> the top of the broadcast, we mentioned that we we're going to be doing a shop talk today, and the shop talk uh, comes to us uh, from a interesting organization that. Um, called popular info and it's uh the headline reads these 25 rainbow flag waving companies donated 13 million to anti-gay public anti-gay politicians since 2021 so i took a graphic that they provided and i kind of put it it was all vertical but i made it horizontal for us here and before we even go into the article, we could just look at some of the numbers here charter communications 1.1 million in donations at&t 1.2 8 million gm 1.03 million fedex close to half a million walmart close to a million 954,000 deloitte and touche 843,000 um you know before we dive into this tim has often said and from a corporate perspective that you often corporations donate equally to both candidates in a race because you never know who's going to be in the office that you need to work with for taxation or zoning or any number of issues. This one is a interesting kind of little oddball slap in the face though, right? Because yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. The part of the philosophy with a lot of companies and it's interesting they 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 go into detail on a couple of these and so a few of these companies had perfect scores with the HRC. Yep. Or they had decent scores with the HRC. And so there's a flaw in their in their um in their formula, I would guess, and I guess the new interim president's going to address that because she she agrees that you shouldn't have a hundred and then be donating to somebody who doesn't believe you have the right to exist. But uh, I, I found it funny that only Ford and General Motors of all these companies replied to the question of why did you give this money um, to these anti-LGBTQ politicians or people who don't support uh, equal rights and. I thought it was interesting when they said, Ford said that our contributions are bipartisan because we take into consideration many issues that are important to meeting the needs of our customers, our team, and our company. And then they went and said other companies did not respond. General Motors said the same thing. So for instance, General Motors gave money to uh, politicians in Kentucky. Well, they were trying to build a plant in Kentucky. So the General Motors thought would be, I'm just going to guess, guess it out here, is that they're trying to get a tax break to build mm-hmm. a large plant in Kentucky, Correct. which will employ thousands of workers, which will be great for the economy, dot, 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 dot. By the way, I've got to hold my nose and give money to Ron Paul, right? So do you do that so you get the plant and you get the... And so that becomes, it becomes a business decision, unfortunately, in, in many of these cases. 
So I can't necessarily fault um, some of these companies on a smaller scale. I remember Subaru going through this with the Republican and Democrat uh, senators from New Jersey because they wanted they wanted to have the company keep its headquarters in New Jersey. Pennsylvania wanted Subaru to move over there, and it became who was giving you the best tax break. You, you know, hate to say it, but that's what happens. I I, I and I get that. And I, you know, but the, the way that, that you and I just outlined this, we're, we're literally talking about things that are pretty mundane to many people, tax incentives, right. zoning issues. Sometimes a company wants to be somewhere because there's a fantastic school district in the area and they know they're going to have really well educated employees working for them if they, if they choose right. to work for their company. This, um, or the FCC, if you're AT&T, if you're AT&T of Verizon, you want, you want good legislation from the FCC so you can put up your lines mm -hmm. and that, that, yeah. Where you put a tower up or whatever. Yeah. I, I just, I just think it's interesting that it's, it's a really, I think it gets really slippery slopish pretty quickly because, you know, we have, a, a in our country now, thanks to the uh, Citizens United Supreme Court decision. People, companies are people, right? <laughs> right. They're people as long as you're taking their money and they're keeping quiet. And, and then this goes back to something Tim and I talked about on uh, TFGM Button with Ron DeSantis in Florida, where if you say something he doesn't like, he's going to penalize you, which I think if I were a CEO or somebody being, if I were speaking to people in a meeting about political donations or um, how we're going to do this, I would raise my hand and say, well, you could give all you want, but if you say the wrong thing, this, this guy down in Florida is just going to basically stab you in the back and he's not going to care. You know, and let's be real, like, you know, Disney, if you, if you did just the research on how much Disney has contributed to political candidates in the state of Florida, you'd, you'd be amazed at how much money they've dumped into the Florida coffers there. And yet they could be put on the end of a spear tip and, you know, basically pilloried for, for, you know rightfully claiming that their employees are pissed off about a law that they're going to enact in Florida. So it's a very weird thing, don't you think? It is a weird thing. And I, I do know, I know a number of friends who work for corporations where they are pressured to give to certain PACs, yep. um, the political action committees one way or the other, or to give to things um, that they um, might not necessarily believe in, but because it's good for their corporation, whether it's drilling rights or it's uh, land use rights or any of those sort of things, right? It becomes, United Way is controversial in some yeah. regards. Yeah, that's or, true. Or a company wants their employees or their senior executives to all give money to the United Way. I don't want somebody telling me where I'm supposed to give my charity dollars to, right? You want to put them where, where you feel you can. Where you I don't choose, care where you yeah. put it, right? That's the slippery slope sometimes with the companies. I was glad to see that General Motors and Ford at least acknowledged um, and responded and were truthful and trans I think transparent about it based upon what I know. Um, some of the other ones were, were afraid to do it. I know Verizon is notoriously, um, afraid to say anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, here's and, a question I would have for you. And I, I, you're the president or you're the interim president of the HRC and you're going to rejigger the corporate equality index to take into account the fact that some of these companies that are getting 100 scores or whatever they are in the, the, uh, the corporate quality index. Let's say you rejigger it. How many people are going to be left on the index? I don't know. You, you, and, and this again is where a lot of the companies, they may have great internal policies, right? Yeah. Um, however, I used to get tuned up. The HRC gave Subaru 
uh, 100 a couple of times. Yet Subaru had, um, they did not allow adoption for same-sex couples. They should not have gotten 100. Um, that sense changed. Um, you remember a lot of companies did not have, they did not recognize trans in their e EEO uh, policies. And so companies got dinged for that until they added the, the transgender to the equal opportunity clauses with their, with their hiring practices. So it, it's, it's one step ahead, but for, for some companies, I think it is a difficult um, decision because you do want to treat everyone fairly. You do want to be representative, but you also have to acknowledge you sell cars or you sell services or you sell lumber or you sell oil to everybody, right? And how do you, how do, you do the dance? And that's why a lot of these companies will give monies to both um, because they, they don't know what's going to happen. Right. You don't know what the what the environment's going to be. And if you just say, I'm just going to side now, it'd be interesting. They don't you don't see companies on here like um, Starbucks. No. Um, but I'm shocked that you see Google. Because, <laughs> yeah. And I don't see. Yeah. And I don't see Apple on here either. I, I it would be interesting to dig down and see what they do, because they all donate as well. I'm curious to see what they do with uh, their money. Here's an interesting little factoid for you. Um, it was only after the death of Steve Jobs that Apple became more philanthropic with contributions, and that was very much spearheaded by Tim Cook. Um, so up until then, he did nothing. Yeah, Jobs believed... Just like they offer no discounts. Exactly. You've got to talk to Cook, Nash. That's exactly right. <laughs> Steve, yeah, Steve Jobs believed that he, he just did not... This was, this was not necessarily on his radar, and I'm wondering if when you have a conversation like the one we're having now, his point of view becomes crystal clear. Yep. If you if you if you have to equivocate, if you have to go back and forth, if you have to you know uh, pay Peter to massage you know, do, it, right? Yeah. Then it's not a. It's, he was a he was a person of direct answers usually. So, but as I said, after he passed, Apple began to open the floodgates on their contributions, and they have a person in house who actually manages that. Steve Jobs's widow actually has contributed a huge amount of money to philanthropic causes, as have. Jeff Bezos's ex-wife, who is now a huge right. uh, contributor in philanthropy circles. So, uh, yeah, this is well. This, the Steve Jobs model is interesting, right? Because he's he's essentially being agnostic to say, you yes. know what, I'm not, I don't want to owe anybody anything, and uh, I'm going to um, allow my employees to do what they want with their charitable donations. But as a corporation, we are just uh, not going to play that game. Yeah, that's ex absolutely correct. And I and I remember thinking about it in the past, thinking, well, that's kind of stingy. But as you have these kinds of conversations, you say to yourself, hmm, not such a bad governing policy, right? Yeah, and I and I don't know. I've been out of the, the that decision making process with the corporations for quite a while now, but I still think it's a relevant conversation to have. I don't know how you I don't know how you maneuver it and satisfy everybody. Yeah. And, and that's always the challenge, right? You want to do what's best for the company. You want to do what's best for your employees. And um, I don't know how you, without doing the Steve Jobs model, saying, you know, we're going to get nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah, true, true. There, and some companies are too small to, to actually have a budget for this. So they kind of get off the hook there. But we'll keep our eye on what the HRC does with the index and if they change their criteria for who gets 100. Because as Tim smartly noted there are some companies that were fantastic to work for 
but they may have been slow to implement um, trans healthcare issues and stuff right. like that. And if they weren't slow, they were really struggling to figure out the cost structure of how to do that, how many of their employees would take advantage of it. I mean, there are realities to that, and I don't think you should ding them for it just because they're they're learning like the rest of us how to to act, you know, to to conform to the new set of social standards, right? And many things can't be changed that quick, particularly if you're no. a public company. You just can't all of a sudden say, "I'm going to do this" without shareholder buy-in and 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 public hearing all yeah. the way down. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot goes into it. Then I'll tell you what the next fight's going to be. I was reading this today. So I don't know if you've seen the amount of uh, new flags that have joined the rainbow flag. There's the non-binary. Yes, there's, there's I a, have. So yeah. now there's people saying that um, they're trying to uh, advocate, a lot of activists, that all the flags need to be flown. Well, for God's sakes, you need more flagpoles in the UN. Again, Tim, did anybody ask us to be on this committee or to have even a, a thought or a point of view on it, right? Well, someone's point of view said the six-color rainbow flag was done to include everybody already. Ready, yeah. Have you seen some of these flags? Mm-hmm. They're crazy. Looks In like a carnival. Opinion, I don't mean to offend, but... No, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. And you can't tell what they are. It's like no one knows what all the letters are. Now you're going to add... There got to be 15, 20 flags. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there were countries, right, we might even be able to try to name them, but... Uh, yeah, that's gonna you know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that that's gonna be our shop talk next week the flag all right i agree i totally agree because it's pride month happy pride happy pride yeah so hey thanks for joining us uh as always we appreciate the time you spend with us the focus group here we're with uh, tim Bennett and john nash now in our 15th year much i like to say somebody said to me the other day how long you been doing this i said 15 years you almost swallowed his tongue <laughs> so john and i were doing podcasts before they were called podcasts it's true Back on back on Sirius XM Radio. So uh, so we had a, um, thanks to our friends at Deep Discount, we had some great recommendations this week. John picked Paris is Burning as part of what he's calling our camp focus group. So these are films you need to have in your collection. And now would be a good time to get them because there's a huge site-wide sale going on at Deep Discount. You get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on our logo and start shopping away. So as I said, John recommended Paris is Burning. I went a little more boring. You're not going to be dancing to this. The ultimate guide to the presidents. <laughs> all four, six, eight hours of the struggles and tribulations and challenges of all of our presidents up through Obama. And uh, the new releases this week are The Bridge Over the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, you go over there and, and uh, check out the, all the items at Deep Discount. Remember, when you're out there, please, please, please put your phones down. Don't text and drive. Arrive alive, and we'll see you on TFG Unbuttoned next Tuesday. Take care. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.